Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CXCast. This is Sam Stern, joined in studio by my colleague and co-host, Jenny Wise. And we are without a guest other than ourselves today. And we wanted to talk about this blog post that you had put up recently. And that was a, a summary of your recent uh, participation or uh, your attending yeah. Inbound, which is a marketing conference put on by HubSpot. Am I getting all this right? Yeah. And you wrote a blog post that I thought was really interesting. I read it cover to cover. I would, right, once you hear the topic, drive creativity and CX innovation with employee empathy. I thought this was really interesting that this conference put on by a marketing vendor got to this topic about the importance of empathizing with employees. So can you sort of, for listeners and and for me to make sure that my reading comprehension was sound or not, uh, can you sort of summarize what you heard and, and sort of the, the thoughts it provoked? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this is a great topic, too, because I was processing my reaction to yeah. this. I went from thinking about how I usually think about empathy <laughs> to more so how you think about it. So, uh, and that's not a royal you, listeners. Have. That's a Sam you, yes. right? So Jenny's talking about yes. user versus employee, right? Right, yeah. right. Sort of the, the different perspectives that we take in our research. So I look forward to talking about this yeah. today. Great. I went to HubSpot's Inbound. Um, I've gone for several years. Okay. Uh, and also, as you know, I used to be on our marketing team. Right. <laughs> so, so this now, is your first time going yes, as a customer experience Yeah, going analyst. with the lens of customer yeah. experience. Huh. And I did wonder, you know, how much of this will be completely relevant to, right. to my point of view and my focus, which is very much, you know, human factors and right. human interactions and thinking about users and design. And it was great because right when I walked in, they had... Uh, you know, lights shining on the walls, uh, you know, <laughs> saying fun stuff. And and one of the key words was empathy, right? Mm. How we are driving towards empathy um, in the work that's being done. So that was one of the words flashing on the yeah, wall. Yeah, we also had this water fountain with words flashing on them. <laughs> um, and a future of empathy was the story. Uh, and I thought, well, this is great because this is what I talk about all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you're thinking, oh, I know what this is going to be yeah. about. Empathy with your customers, empathy your users. Customers. Yeah. So they did talk a lot about empathy for the customer, which is great. But one of my key takeaways and the aha that I had from you know, the bias that I, I walk into right. thinking about empathy was that they made the case for employee empathy and yeah. how it's really important to understand how employees think and work and what the conditions are that they need to be able to thrive and be creative and be innovative and push the boundaries or even just deliver really, you know, customer-centric work, uh, which Amen, sounds Jenny. a lot Amen, like <laughs> some of some of the research that you've done. Right. Yes, that's that is true. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's great. So it's one of those things where, where you talk about it and then other people talk about it, but really they're they're thinking of it from their terms. And so yeah. I, I'm curious you know, for them coming to this, how did they talk about it? And maybe, you know, I don't want this to be a promotional platform mm -hmm. for HubSpot. It's definitely not mm -hmm. that. But I would be interested to hear how about the role that they think they might play to inspire more empathy for employees, right? Yeah. So I think from their point of view, or as it relates to them specifically, was that we now have more sophisticated tools I that see. enable people to make better, smarter decisions, uh, think about the customer in new ways. And so the way that you are measured as an employee um, in reaching your goals and your success and your metrics are now able to be changed right. because you can look at a different type of impact that you're having beyond just clicks. 
So that's the sort of marketing technology yeah. stack story. Okay, so if I can decode that from mm -hmm. HubSpot point yeah. of view, right? I think there's an interesting or sort of higher message in that, which is employees don't care about how many customers click on their ads, mm. you know, beyond the extent that more clicks than they, their goal was they did better on their performance evaluation. Yeah. They actually are people, humans, making connections with other humans and want to see that real higher purpose and impact. And now we have a way of measuring potentially that higher mm -hmm. purpose. Yes. Okay. That yeah. is, that's cool. Yeah. And also that segues into creativity, right? Which is hard and yeah. you can test and you can fail. You might yeah. see clicks go down if you try, but if you are rallying around this higher purpose <laughs> um, and these different types of objectives, then you are able as the employee to try yeah. and be more creative and try to do something that is new, which means that it may fail. The story also beyond from you know, what they enable was also being told by a lot of their keynotes. Right. So as you'll see in the blog post that I did and uh, some of the coverage of the event is that they had these great keynoters who had titles such as founder or head of creative director. And they were telling stories about how they work with their teams, how they encourage their teams, how they foster ideas. And also, I found sort of how it moves into actually retaining employees, right, by creating an environment where the person with the best idea is able to have that idea and have it supported and have the working conditions to foster that idea. I, I really like this. This is one of the sort of key points that you emphasize in your blog post and sort of in these two bullets. One is what are the conditions under which different employees can be more creative? And just that idea of being really sort of one, encouraging employees to self-evaluate there, mm -hmm. encouraging and sort of I would say maybe expecting managers to mm -hmm. take that on as a responsibility. What are the conditions under which my different employees can give the best of themselves, mm -hmm. at least in terms of creativity? And then two, and I think this is so important, we, I, we've been stressing this for, for years, which is the idea that you know, the, the sort of traditional brainstorm session mm -hmm. serves only the vocal, loud people, often the more senior people in the room. Yeah. And we're guilty, I think, as a society, human society, of assuming then that those are the people with the ideas. Mm -hmm. Because they're the people who get to contribute their ideas in the one setting where we usually allow people to contribute ideas. Mm -hmm. The reality is that if you were to enable different ways of brainstorming, right, silent brainstorming or, you know, getting to jot down ideas first and then contribute them or in different settings, as you're sort of articulating in the blog post, yeah. you would find incredible creativity resides in virtually every person on the planet which yeah. is why we are, you know, there's seven or eight billion of us or whatever we are up to today and why we are have so many inventions and creativity is at the heart of so much of that. Mm -hmm. But um, we need to enable people to, to give that of themselves and not assume that one format or one yeah. setting will allow everyone to do that. Mm -hmm. Coming out of this is the empathy for the employees has that purpose of, that serves the company of then you'll get more from more people in your company, yeah. which obviously is a good thing. Right, right. Okay. That was Kiara Gilardi mm -hmm. of Refinery29 uh, told the story about how she um, had someone who was working on a project who came into her office and was like, I was just told that I need to have this idea for the client tomorrow and I'm drawing a blank and I have no ideas. And Kiara was like, oh, well, here's like this idea and this idea and hundreds of ideas. And the, the employee... It's like, man, maybe, like, maybe I'm not good at this job. I couldn't think of a single idea. 
She's like, yeah. well, that's because you had someone saying, you need to get me this idea right now. You're in a stress space. Right. Right. Whereas I was brainstorming right. with a creative colleague of mine. Right. 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 So, it was your problem. I was just helping right. you Exa out. The exactly. pressure wasn't on me, right? Yeah. <laughs> so she's funny. like, so if you realize, you know, how do you get in that creative space. Maybe if you sat there and listened to your favorite artist, right, right to start to be creative, or if you know that you have a colleague that you can just brainstorm really well with and you go and talk to them, right? right? So you need to have the right setting and you need to know what that is as yourself as the employee so that you can try to create that. Um, but then managers and other people on the project can acknowledge that as well. I love that example. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, you know, it, it comes back to something like workplace. Um, where people work, where people get their best work done. Mm -hmm. And um, it's highly probable that for uh, most of us, the default work setting, whichever it is, open plan office, offices, cubes at your company is not serving you well. Yeah. And I, I do, I mean, I think, you know, I know as a personal journey, I've been sort of obsessed with finding where I get my best work done in different types of places. And it is very specific, frankly, to the type of work I'm doing. And it is never at my desk. It is a problem when <laughs> I'm supposed to be in the office. Whereas I find that I can actually brainstorm pretty well in my desk. And that's because I have all of these materials with me, like post-its and pens. And I'll just like yeah. put things on the walls and put them all over my desk. Um, so to me, that can actually work because I feel like I have all Good. of these tools to be creative. <laughs> but yeah, that just shows how different, right. how different this is. Yeah. Right. Any other insights or sort of speakers pop out at you from, um, from this conference? Yeah. So Ed Catmull from Pixar mm -hmm. was another one who spoke. And the big get, by the way, as a speaker at a conference. Yeah. Ed Catmull from Pixar. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> so there was also, you know, Michelle Obama was right. there. Um, and I was very excited to see her. And then yep. Ed was probably the one I was second most excited to see. Right, right. Um, or maybe even on par because <laughs> that's amazing, right? right this right. person who helped to, to found and is now the president of sort of Pixar and, right. and Disney Studios. And he was great because what they do are, are use ideas every day, right? And try yeah. to master ideas and create good ideas and yeah. also create ideas that elicit the right emotions if we think about the story arc. Right. right? So that even ties right. very much so into... CX and, and journey maps and storytelling and emotion. And so some of the key things that I liked that he said spoke to hierarchy and, and management and yeah. supporting ideas from people at different levels. For example, he talked about when you are the director who's creating a story uh, and you're having some trouble with the story arc, they have this brain trust who's a collection of people who come in. And it is Ed. He will be sitting there right, to right. essentially provide constructive feedback to a, a director's story. But what they say is that it is level. This is peer-to-peer, director-to-director. This is yeah. not, this is my boss. The director who's presenting is the one who has final say, can facilitate ideas, right. can manage the time of the feedback that he's getting so that it isn't putting sort of unfair emphasis or de-emphasis on one person's ideas over another. Yeah. And that they purposefully think about the group dynamic and try to manage it in every session. So that's, you know, thinking about group dynamics is really important. Yeah, then I'm, great. I'm glad you brought it to that because I think mm -hmm. we were sort of talking, or at least I was guilty of sort of focusing on individual work. And then there's this profound uh, consideration of group yeah. dynamics for not just individual creativity, but how the collectively... Mm -hmm. Those people work together. And, and, and I think that's a great example of here you're bringing in the person who founded the company who's in charge, and yet you need mm -hmm. to create an environment where they can contribute content, but it not have that become then a default opinion in the room because it's from Ed right. Catmull, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it is just tricky. one one of many. Right, right. <laughs> and you can't spend too much time on just that idea. You have to make sure you get it from everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that he goes in purposefully thinking about that, right, and making sure that everyone's having an idea and a share uh, is important. So when you're not attending marketing conferences, you yes. are uh, focusing on other research topics as well, things like the future of new technologies and their impact on users and the customer yeah. experience. We were talking before we started recording about this idea that employee empathy, you know, great that you know, more attention being paid to it, becomes even more important in a world where humans are no longer needed, right? So if the technology progression continues the way it has been with more automation, more intelligent you know, bots mm -hmm. and interfaces. Think about that interplay between empathy for individuals and a recognition that individuals aren't necessarily even required. What is empathy for the employees in that scenario? What, it, what does that lead you to expect companies to do for them? I mean, is it just then that they're like, you pat them on the head and say, oh, no, no, you know, you wave at the customer <laughs> and that's all we need from you? Or what, what do you do? I mean, if you are truly empathetic for them and yet in large swaths of your experience, they're no longer required. So <laughs> I, love, I love this question. Um, and thinking this far out, yeah, uh, right? Yeah. I know that we, we have conversations about this all the time. Out, right? Right? right, hopefully it's very far <laughs> yeah, out. Right, right. But it is true, right? So for example, we just talked about people who are coming up with the creative ideas. Maybe it's a creative design. And already today, um, there are some you know, algorithms out there that are creating designs for CPG, right? Yeah. And, and for goods that are... Um, being shown in the grocery market. And so you no longer need that creative person to do that role. Right. And so we see this shift from, you know, the people doing, you know, sitting at their computer and trying all these different variations to the machine doing that for them and A-B testing it for them. And so the role of that individual begins to shift. They can become, you know, concerned about what their contributions are. Their contributions can become increasingly strategic mm. as opposed to more in the weeds. Yeah. And so I think there's a question of how do you balance supporting those ideas, supporting them becoming innovative mm. um, and feeling needed and required and being involved. Yeah, because I, I, I think what you're getting at there a, a little bit is the idea that people don't want to be taken care of in, in that, you know, solely, right? I mean, mm -hmm. obviously we do want to be taken care of and looked out for and, and, and valued, but we want to feel like we're being give and get here, right? That mm -hmm. we're adding value and you're not just, yeah. you're not just my benefactor, but actually I'm able to be productive and what I do each day makes a difference. And I just worry that, you know, we reach a tipping point where, you know, the humans are there as sort of a reminder, almost an analogy to past interactions, the way, right, we call yeah. the desktop that, of a computer the desktop. Or, you know, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when humans delivered experiences. <laughs> and thank, for, thank you for giving me this one human who reminds me of that. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that to that human, I, I think, would feel degrading. Yeah. Because you're, you're not actually delivering the experience. You're a facade mm -hmm. on the experience and not real. And I worry that that is part of our future. I think that pulls on a few interesting things. Yeah. Uh, one is, is that the role? Do I just come in and it is my job to, you know, check in on the algorithm and, and see how it's doing? I'm yeah. essentially this uh, AI manager of this machine that has now taken over my job. And how do I feel about that? Do I like that? Or do I feel like I'm a, a totally replaceable spoke in the wheel and I'm not really yeah. doing anything that important, in which case my my loyalty and emotional tie to that company may be lessened, which of course has implications for employee productivity and um, if you can retain them. But then on the flip side, 
maybe the job becomes more interesting because I no longer have to sit there and crunch these numbers, right? Right, and and look through all these spreadsheets to see what has worked. I can just get these results in a second and just focus on the creative strategy. Yeah, and that brings us to this state when you know those meetings we were just talking about, the brain trust where people are getting in a room and, and sharing ideas. That actually becomes what people do. So in a way, then you need even more empathy because everyone's voice is now being raised to that level where they're contributing strategically. Yeah. So I think, right, huh. it, it could go those different directions. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I, I worry it'll go in both simultaneously yeah. and we'll have, you know, even more bifurcation of, yeah. of sort of, you know, low wage, low value adding jobs and high wage, high value adding jobs. But maybe there's a way to thread the needle, right? To your point, if we, if we get really good at bringing in everyone's contributions, realize yeah. that a lot of people who you assumed wouldn't have any value to add once given the right conditions and support can add yeah. more value than you would ever have imagined. I was watching something where everyone's concerned about their jobs and, you know, what do you yeah. do when every, everything can be replaced? But someone is saying, you know, if you asked us uh, just a few years ago, right, a decade ago, what your jobs would be or even thinking back to when everyone was focused on agriculture, right. you'd never say, oh, well, I'm going to grow up to be an SEO manager, right? right? No one would, right. <laughs> no one would yeah. have guessed that. I'm going so, to research customer experience. Yeah, right. right? Oh, uh, and so no one would have guessed that that's a, that's a job. And that's a job that a lot of people have now. Right. And so when we look into the future, you know, I think there will be people who are now managing systems and technologies. There will be people who are controlling for algorithm bias. Right. right. So how is the algorithm being empathetic to the customer to, <laughs> to yeah. go full circle on that story? Um, so, yeah. So it's sort of an unknown. Yeah. Well, on that ambiguous, slightly optimistic, slightly uh, fearing the worst <laughs> note, <laughs> yes. we will leave it. Uh, listeners, thank you for joining us on this week's CXCast. Jenny, thanks for all your uh, thoughts and, and ideas uh, inspired by the Inbound Conference. And um, listeners will post some links to uh, Ed Catmell's book, maybe, and uh, Jenny's blog post, of course, in the show notes. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CXCast. And remember, your customer's perception is your customer experience reality. Uh-huh.